All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Keto Savage Podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. I've got special guest Teresa on the line today, and she has recently competed in her first ketogenic competition, so I'm super stoked to have her on the line. And I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce herself, and we'll dive into the details. Teresa, how are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So give us some backstory. You know, what what do you do? What got you into keto? Just kind of give the audience some some uh, history here. So um, I'm talking to you from Auckland, New Zealand. So I'm a really long way away. And um, I guess my journey um, is fairly similar to what you hear talking to a lot of other people when they get into keto and in that I um, had an interest in, in doing a show and bodybuilding and I got into going to the gym, started with a traditional bodybuilder's diet um, and that was working okay for me for a little while, um, but I, I, never, I didn't feel great. Um, wasn't getting some of the results that I wanted. Um, and I guess my biggest challenge is that um, I guess some of my, my health from a digestive perspective wasn't exactly how I would like it to be. So I don't think the carbs were really agreeing with me. So um, I had someone who was guiding me on my nutrition and she introduced me to the concept of keto. I went out and did my research and that was what I decided to do. So um, when I stepped on stage over the weekend, I was coming up just on 10 months ketogenic diet. So you've been keto, and this was your first competition, correct? Absolutely first, yep, first time. That's awesome in and of itself. We'll have to get into those details. But with regard to the diet, um, you've been keto for about 10 months. How long were you you know, following a traditional you know, bodybuilding type diet before going into keto? It was probably about the same amount of time, so it's it's probably um, pretty equal now. So I started, yeah, beginning beginning of 2016 was when I um, decided, you know, I needed to get serious about the gym. I'd sort of, you know, been in and out of it and, and hadn't always kept up, um, you know, for um, us here in New Zealand, obviously the middle of the year is our winter mm-hmm. and daylight savings would end and it would get cold and dark and my motivation would wane for keeping up with um, my workouts. So I uh, signed up with a personal trainer to help keep me accountable. Um, And doing that coupled with um, changing my nutrition has just made all the difference for me in the last 18 months. That's awesome. That's awesome. So when you were, so were you at a caloric deficit from the beginning, even when you were on the traditional diet? So you've been at a caloric deficit for 18 months in total? Yeah, yeah, it would be. It's probably um, in that first part because I'm, you know, I'm quite a quite a small person. I'm only um, five foot two, and when I started out, I probably weighed around fifty kilos. I'm not sure what that would be in in pounds for the most of the audience. Um, and and yeah, I was probably um, consuming around fifteen hundred calories a day, um, and then that sort of tapered off um, more recently. If we fast forward to where we are now and what I've just done. And what what are you consuming caloric wise now? Um, post show today, <laughs> um, probably at least sort of fifteen seventeen hundred calories is is what I've been back up to the last couple of days. What did you get down to at your at your lowest with the with the keto cut? Um, I think some of my lowest days, if it if it had been like maybe um, an intermittent fasting day, then then probably it would be um, quite low, but. Um, if I was eating two to maybe three meals a day, I would have been consuming around eleven to twelve hundred calories a day. 
eleven to twelve hundred. And you said you were at fifty five kilos. I fifth probably fifty when I started. Um, when I stepped on stage, I officially weighed I think forty four and a half kilos. So just just to, I've got a calculator here. Um, fifty kilos is one hundred and ten U.S. pounds, and then you said forty eight and a half. Forty four and a half. Forty four and a half. Yeah. That's going to be ninety eight pounds. So that's uh that's pretty light for Shane. You said you're five two. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a really, really small frame person and um, they obviously, you know, you have weigh-in um, on comp day just to make sure that you, you make your weight because mm-hmm. you're, you can't be too light but you can be too heavy and I was 10 kilos under my maximum weight that I was allowed to be. Wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, and I didn't, I didn't set out to do that. For me, it's, you know, as everything that I've learned and I don't focus on the number on the scale, it is about how I feel and how I mm-hmm. look. Um, you know, but, um, yeah, just that, that was where I was at. <laughs> no, I, that's a good point. A lot of people, they obsess over, you know, the scale. And then like when it comes to competing, they'll obsess over what weight class they want to get in. But at the end of the day, it really just depends on what conditioning you bring. And if you're lighter than you anticipated, you know, there's, there's no issue there. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, kind of going into detail about, um, like what changed? You said you had some digestive issues when you were following the traditional diet. What were those, if you don't mind going into detail? And then how did keto, you know, change that? Sure. So I noticed that. Um, I guess the thing for me is that I, I guess I suffered from quite a bit of bloating, and it was really difficult to try and pinpoint exactly what it was that was triggering that. Um, the other thing is that um, you know I think I felt. I think I felt quite bad, but it wasn't until I switched to keto that I realized how bad I was feeling. Um, you know, and hearing myself say that now, and I'm, I'm sounding like every podcast or every other ketogenic person I've listened to, but it, but it's so true. And I think I don't think you can truly understand that until you've sort of done the journey yourself. So, um, you know, I noticed that um, when I was following a traditional bodybuilder's diet, um, I could never, I didn't often not feel tired. So I mm. would sleep great not have an interrupted sleep and I'd wake up in the morning and I'd still be tired. I'd be sat at my desk during the day trying to work and my head literally felt heavy on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you and I sort of felt like I wanted to almost be able to shake this off, but I, I really couldn't. Um, and put that on top of feeling like, you know, you've always got sort of this bloated, rounded abdomen that um, just feels uncomfortable, um, you know, even though I didn't sort of feel sick as such with it, um, you just, I just didn't feel great. Uh, and I'm talking to my nutrition coach and um, and we sort of tried toying around with a few things, but, and although I wasn't eating um you know, a lot of carb things. Like I tried going gluten-free for a little while first. Right. I tried just think, cutting out things like like I wasn't eating pasta, but I was still eating a lot of brown rice um, or quinoa, things like that. Um, it, it just wasn't making any difference whatsoever. Um, but I noticed an almost instant change, um, you know, when I went keto. So what um, – can you kind of like compare and contrast like what, what is – what did your meals normally consist of when you switched over to keto? Was it like traditional, you know, bacon and eggs like everybody thinks, or, or what, what did you incorporate? 
I yeah, I did to start with. So my my guide sort of said to me, you know, you've really just got to get focused on being fat adapted initially. Um, and so for me, the, the approach that I took is I I spent three or four weeks going, okay, I, I really want to understand this before I jump right in. And so over that time, I was reading and researching a lot so that I could really understand the sorts of things that I could be eating and that um, macro distribution of the, um, you know, the 75, 20% protein, 5% carbs. Um, so that I and I found an um, you know an app that I was comfortable using so that I could track that and I just started tapering all those carbs out until I decided I had my D day and I went right that's it I'm I'm doing it from here on in so my food consisted of things like it was bacon and eggs bulletproof coffee. Um, I still eat a lot of um, beef and fish. I don't really eat a lot of chicken anymore. Um, and pretty much, you know, and I started out doing 20 grams net carbs a day, um, back in the beginning and that would have come primarily from spinach. Mm -hmm. I love spinach, eating a lot of it. Um, you know, fast forward to the last, say 12 weeks in on, um, on my prep into comp day and I've really gone you know, I've gone to looking at total carbs, so I don't really focus on the net number anymore. Um, you know, that I think that's a better approach. And it's really, my carbs have got quite low. So in the last couple of weeks, they would have been sub, uh, you know, 10 grams a day, total carbs easily, if I had any at all. It was, was pretty incidental a lot of the time. And what did, what did those normally consist of? Just like trace carbs to like almond butters or something like that? Yeah, yep, definitely, definitely. I still find um, the the tricky thing with me is, um, you know, now and again, my my digestive system I think does still have a tendency to um, to bloat a little bit um, depending on what I eat. So I think um, it, it seems to be if I have too much dairy, um, I really have to be careful on the nuts because I'm I'm such a small person. Um, you know, there's a couple of people that I follow online and, um, you know, and they might be saying, well, you know, their their lunch might have been a serving of 40 grams of protein a day mm -hmm. and having a moan about that. And I'm looking at it longingly thinking, oh, my gosh, that's nearly my total protein for the day. Yeah. <laughs> it is one meal. You know, it's uh, it's it's quite hard, you know. So so when I was also trying to really keep an eye on that fiber and making, I wasn't making sure I wasn't getting too much in as well, that can be quite tricky. Well, you had emailed me, I guess, about two weeks out from show day, and asked about fiber, and I, I pretty, I think uh, I pretty much recommended just cutting it out completely, like the few days prior to, because you don't really need it, you know, for that short amount of time, and that would pretty much guarantee that you don't have the bloat. Yeah, yeah, and it and it worked a treat. It was it was great. What um, I know you don't have any competition previously to compare against, but what uh. Did you notice the other competitors that were stepping on stage dealing with anything that, that you weren't or vice versa since you were on keto and I'm assuming they probably weren't? Definitely. I was um, I was the only keto athlete there for sure. Um, and certainly, you know, backstage when everyone's getting ready to come out and do their rounds, um, everyone was talking about how miserable they felt, how hungry they were. Um, you know, every, they, they'd been dreaming for weeks about what it was they were going to eat when they came off stage. Um, there were lots of packets of sweets and lollies floating around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
that people were were wanting to have, and they were they were sneaking the odd ones in here and there, and they weren't really drinking or anything. Um, and and they were just sort of generally saying that they, I think, they were feeling quite tired. Like you know, you can get to the end of of a prep like that, and even though you're about to step on stage and you've got the high of the day. Um, you know, I mean, I haven't got anything to compare it to, as you mentioned, but you're feeling pretty tired. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been on this massive journey and you are kind of almost ready to, for it to come to an end. Um, but, yeah, they were certainly feeling pretty miserable. And, and I wasn't. I, I had loads of energy and I was eating my fat bombs and people were looking at these and, and asking what they were and when I was explaining what was in them and the fact that I was going to eat three or four of them throughout the day, they were flabbergasted. Yeah. <laughs> I bet they all had, like, rice cakes, I'm assuming, right? Oh, they did. Yeah, yep. they did. Yeah, that's that's at every competition, and and at least yeah. the past one I did, everybody was you know very minimum water intake. What what did you do with your water on show day? So I had I had probably um, maybe only um, a liter and a half spread out throughout the day of sort of fluids, and that would have been maybe between the water and the bulletproof coffees. Um, you know, and I wasn't I wasn't really thirsty. I sort of just thought I'm I'm gonna just play this by how I feel. Um, and so I was just sipping on it constantly. And as long as I didn't sort of feel dehydrated, you know, that was okay. But, um, you know, and I had a little bit of bone broth um, in between the morning and the afternoon show as well. Um, you said a liter and a half total? Yeah, yeah, probably about that much. I mean, when you, you think about it, though, like a liter and a half for you, I guess 98 pounds at the time. I mean, that's more than a lot of 200 plus pound bodybuilders would drink on show day if, you know, they're following a traditional approach. Yes, it is. It is. You're right. Um, but, you yeah, know, it, and it was it was fine. So <laughs> Very good. So yeah. kind of going into detail about, uh, like, just, just first competition experience. Like, I love to hear first, you know, reaction to that because that's, that's so different than anything that most people have ever done before, you know? It is. And, and, you know, and I've been to lots of shows and I'd admired from a distance for quite some time, um, you know, other people that I, I knew in my gym who were competing and people who I'd followed on social media um, who I just thought, you know, their physiques were amazing and and, and wondered whether or not I would have the gumption to, to get up and do it. But my personal trainer really encouraged me and it took me 12 months to decide I was going to do it, but I, I committed it. Um, end of two, uh, 2016 that you know this was going to be my year and I'd do it and even on the day you know I was sort of um, pretty nervous getting ready but from but the moment I was had my bikini on and I was ready to go um, that was it all the nerves just went and it was just such a rush you know stepping on stage and doing all the posing and the symmetry and the quarter turns and everything that I had practiced, it just came quite naturally. Um, and, and it's over in the blink of an eye. It's very, very quick. And our round was um, was quite a decent one. We, you know, the judges had our, had us go around, I think, three times. We got moved around on the stage a little bit. So, yeah, they were considering seriously, I guess, what they were going to call as, as the, the final result. No, that's that's awesome. And, and what was the final result? Uh, so I I won my class, which was novice figure short. Um, and then at the end of the night, um, I obviously went forward to overalls, and I won the overall title as well. So this was your first time competing, and then you done it through a ketogenic protocol, and you took the overall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's kind of mind blowing. I just want to let let that resonate for just a minute. <laughs> 
I know. And, you know, here I am, you know, nearly a, a week later and it's, it's still mind blowing. I just, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to take anything away from what I did. It was a, a smaller regional competition, um, you know, but it's, it was pretty awesome. And, you know, there was, I think eight or nine um, judges maybe there on the day. And, but it, it was just such a high. And I, and when they called my number and I sort of stood there for a second and did a bit of a double take, I was like, did I just win the overall title? Um, but yeah, no, I did. Can you um, explain the feeling? Um, I mean, for me personally, like there is no greater feeling than working that hard for that many months. I mean, 18 months, that's an insanely long prep. And, yeah. you know, it all coming together at the end and you actually winning and winning yeah. overall and knowing yeah. that you've done your absolute best, like what is that feeling? Like what I love to do personally is I'll wait until everybody else leaves the the, the uh, pump up room. And I'll just sit there for a moment and just reflect on that moment. Like, did you just have a like a, an instance throughout this process where it, it feel, felt surreal, and then you just I don't know, like what was your high? My high um, was I think the being on stage after they they called out my number and I was standing there and they obviously call out the overall winner for each of the different categories that are in the show and then the head judge and the organizer of the show is on stage and I'm I'm standing there looking at the audience and and um I've got my my sister down at the bottom of the stage on my right hand side and my husband and my um the rest of my family and friends on the left and I don't know which camera to look at first the lights are shining at you and there's this um trophy you know because as I said I'm 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 a real shorty this huge trophy that comes almost up to my hips you know on the floor in front of me and all these goodie bags and someone's reaching for my hands and we're standing there with our hands in the air um, for the final um, poses and what's running through my head is this photo is going to be on the Facebook page of the this federation now for the next 12 months with me Miss Hawks Bay for 2017 and you know it and and through my head all you know there were it was like a fast forward um, imagery and video play of every workout that I had done in 18 months and my trainer telling me we're not here to make up the numbers Teresa we're not here for second place you know get that extra rep in there's no half reps here madam do that again you know um, I literally <laughs> and, have goosebumps right now you given me goosebumps you know it's just all of that stuff and 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 I was and it was great and it wasn't until I I stepped off stage um, and my very very good friend Nicole who um, she competed all of last year and she and I um, used to train together she's moved away from from my town now but she came with me for the weekend to be my backstage help and I just I couldn't have done it without her but she was there waiting and she just had the smile on her face and I burst into tears and it was just this big hug and I just I couldn't believe it so um, yeah it's it's I'm still definitely riding the high and, and I think before I'd kind of realized it I'd said right that's it we're doing nationals so um, yeah I'm still going it's, there's not not really a lot of rest here for me at the moment that's awesome I'm proud of you like beyond proud of you I bet, I bet <laughs> you feel like anything can be accomplished now anything not even fitness related just anything in life uh, definitely, yeah. That that's what it was. It was about for me, you know. And I, I think I, I posted something on um, social media in the morning, you know, once I was ready to go. And it was, you know, I, I set this goal for myself, which for me seemed so unattainable. I, I guess I'd probably be like um, a lot of women, particularly. And you always want to have 
the really nice shape and you want to feel good about your body and, and the things that you're wearing. Um, but I didn't really ever think that I was going to do this, even though I, I admired so many people and I'd thought about doing it for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the persistence and the dedication and the commitment that you have to put to this and all of the life events that happen through that time, you know, birthdays and celebrations and Christmas, and you have to stay focused on what you're doing. You, you That doesn't mean you don't participate in those things, but you, you absolutely have to maintain that goal as being your end vision. Um, and one of the things that I, I came across as saying um, throughout my prep, because I listen to a lot of podcasts, I watch a lot of YouTube videos and things for inspiration, it keeps me going. Um, it's my, I don't know, University of Google or something. Yeah. <laughs> I um, I came the saying that sort of one of the ones really resonated with me was um, don't give up what you want most for what you want now, um, and that that often re- um, revolved around food for me. You know, don't eat don't eat the crap because it's not going to do you any favors. Um, you know, and if I was reaching for something that that maybe I shouldn't have been eating, it was always ketogenic. Like I've never gone back and, and questioned the type of food that I'm eating, um, but it might have just been a few extra um, calories, even if that was fat calories here and there. Um, you know, but the fact that I I did it and I achieved my goal, I do feel now like I could. That's it. I I could go and do just about anything I set my mind to. It is it is crazy. It's amazing. You know, when you have, when you live life with purpose, I guess is the best and simplest way to put it. You know, if you're living simply for the day to day without any intention of playing for the long game, like you'll never get to experience something as surreal as working so hard for something for so many days, you know, without fail, consistently putting in that dedication. I mean, that to me is, is the most satisfying feeling I've ever experienced at least. It was incredibly satisfying, yeah, and and I remember as well, you know, in in my head, you know, when I was standing there on on stage as well, thinking, you because know, when I was training, I was always at the back of my mind. I thought if I wanted to give up and not do it the last rep or or just not squeeze squeeze the last bit out or give every effort in my head I was telling myself your competition is somewhere putting in the, that extra effort you know I if I if I as long as I had walked off stage knowing I had done absolutely everything within my power for my prep and I'd, I'd been really honest with myself about that I was going to be fine with the result mm-hmm. but I been really upset with myself if I'd stepped off stage going you know what there were so many occasions when I didn't put in 100% effort and if I had it done the result could have been different so I didn't want there to be any regrets I completely agree I mean it's it's honestly it's individual sport I mean the other competitors on stage are there but I mean you're playing against yourself at the end of the day and if you know with absolute certainty that you could not have done one more rep or eaten one more thing you know, I mean, you if you know that you gave it your all, then there's nothing to ever hang your head about, no matter what the placing is. Yes, yeah, definitely. But the fact that you took the overall is pretty cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely taking it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's about that, so. <laughs> so, yeah, so. tell me a little bit about um, the, the post-competition. And I know, like, again, you don't have anything to compare to, but a lot of competitors totally fall off the deep end immediately after a show they'll binge and then they'll have that you know rebound effect so to speak where they'll put on a ton of body weight body body fat uh right out of the gate what happened with you like what did you do so um i guess i'm only a couple of days um out of of competition and i've i've it's one of the things i've been really conscious of um 
And, you know, like I'd said, there weren't a lot of things that I was really craving. Um, you know, a couple of people in, in the last few weeks out sort of said to me, oh, you know what, what are you going to eat? What's going to be your thing that you've really missed? Are you going to go and have French fries? Or, you know, what are you going to have? And it, it hadn't even occurred to me that there would be stuff that I'd, I'd go and enjoy until people started asking me that. And and really, in a way, it's it's kind of a problem because it, it plants an idea in your head and it's it's totally out of your control that it's there. So then once that idea was there, then I needed to develop strategies to be able to manage it because um, I think there could have been a real risk that I would actually start thinking about that and dwelling on it, in which case it then would have made those last few weeks of prep even harder. So the things that I realized that I was um, perhaps missing is was actually just more ketogenic food. So I wasn't um, making my keto pancakes for breakfast anymore or um, or my mug cakes, um, you know, at, at night if I sat down and, you know, maybe I was watching a movie or something and you want to, you know, make something that's still not carb or sugar loaded, then those were the occasions when previously um, I, I might have had something that was considered a treat, but it still wasn't having the carbs. Um, so those were probably some of the things. And nuts, it was things like I've, I've really cut out all my almonds and my macadamias. I hadn't been eating those in the last 12 to 16 weeks into, into comp. So those are some of the things that I wanted. Um, I haven't binged a lot on those things. I probably, all I've done is, um, like as I said, those uh, my total calorie intake has gone back up. Um, so I'm enjoying the extra food and I'm certainly feeling a lot fuller. So my training is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the moment and it would be awesome to think that I can focus on putting a bit of muscle on now um, in the next couple of weeks um, but yeah I I think there would there, it's, there's definitely a risk that you could fall into a trap of, of going and binging but I was quite conscious of it so um, if I've allowed myself a couple of treats it might have I think I think I've had a couple of protein bars um, but that's it, you know, and, uh, and I said to my husband last night, we need to get some of these other things out of the house now. Cause I, I don't want to eat those and that's not what I'm about. Cause is your next competition is, is when now? So it's, um, what we call uh, labor weekend here in New Zealand. It's, um, it's actually a long weekend. So the Monday is a, is a public holiday, but it's the 21st, 22nd of October, um, so I've got a trip planned. Um, my husband and I are going away next week uh, to Vietnam for 12 days. Um, and then when I get back, I've got eight weeks to prep for, for that, for the nationals. Gotcha. Gotcha. That, that'll be exciting. It's, it's not too much uh, of a rest period there, but it'll give you a little bit of a breather and then right back on, on the grind. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Are you excited about nationals? You feel competitive now that you've had a, had a win here with this show? I do, I do. I mean, I'm a pretty competitive person anyway. I'm, you know, I'm the oldest of six children, and my siblings and I we're we're all very competitive. Um, so you know, so now that you've had a taste of a win, um, you know, it's it's you, you know, you definitely want that euphoria again. I'm under no illusions though that you know a national competition like that is definitely it's it's going to be the best of the best. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's every. Who's, who's done just as well as I have all year. So again, going into it with no expectations, I guess a little bit like I did this first one. Um, but hey, it would be nice to think that at least I'd, I'd play somewhere. But we'll see. That's why, I've, I, you know, you can't afford to rest too much. You've got to keep working. So we've, we've reset some new goals and we know what we're focusing on here with, with my trainer. Well, just, I mean, like we said, just double down and focus on being the best you can be. But, I mean, based off the pictures you emailed, there there's no doubt that your conditioning is on points. I mean, it, it blows my mind. I mean, paper-thin skin, it's really hard for females especially to get that thin. It's hard for, for males to get that uh, lean, and, and you've 
you've surpassed that for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was, yeah, I was teeny tiny. And, you know, so to, you know, and, and, and it's hard because, um, you know, like people sort of look at you and, and think, oh, you know, there's, there's not going to, there's not going to be a lot of muscle under that clothes. And it's not until you sort of step on stage and they can see what, what you're actually made of. But, um, you know, I was, you know, I'm still getting some pretty good lifts in the gym, you know, right up to, um, you know, just before stepping on stage, mm -hmm. my deadlifts, um, my, my best deadlift is, um, 90 kilos, you know, so it's twice my, my body weight. Um, I was really hoping to have hit a hundred before comp day, but it didn't quite happen. So maybe I'll do it between now and nationals. <laughs> it's funny you say that because my, uh, my deadlift was kind of like my benchmark as well. And I was trying to get 500 pounds right before stepping on stage and I got 495 and then all of a sudden I started <laughs> decreasing slightly. So I didn't get my 500. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a bit of, bit of pain, but um, but I, I train with some really cool um women in the gym, so we um we sort of cycle in and out. Our trainer has um you know two or three of us in a in a session at any given time, so it, it's quite good um banter and and motivation for keeping all of us going. Um, you know, it's a great way for you know women to be looking and focusing on you know you know how much are we lifting and and how heavy can we go. And the deadlift is is our, I think all of our favorite. Absolutely. Yeah. So what um, uh, you kind of touched on a little bit earlier about like, you know, staying mentally sharp and not being tempted to eat all the, you know, treats per se. What other coping mechanisms did you put into play during your prep? Even, I mean, for like the nutrition, for the training, for the mentality, because I think one thing that people don't realize uh, with a competition prep is the mental aspect, which is so much harder than the physical, which is hard in itself. But I mean, what did you do to kind of, you know, stay positive and, and cope with that? I think, um, I think for me, it's constantly sort of replenishing, um, the mind game, I guess, if for want of a better way of saying it. So you're right. It's, it's, um, particularly in the, in the last, um, you know, couple of months or weeks of that, it is, it's all about, um, what's going on in your head. And, you know, when you're looking at your, you know, your food and your portion sizes and you're thinking, oh, I just can't count this one more time. I don't want to weigh any more food. Um, you know, and I was training twice a day, you know, and so it was really, really long days for me. Um, it can get really draining and you have to be aware of that. Um, and so, um, you know, I'm, I have a background in education. I'm an early childhood teacher by profession. So I'm one for going out there and finding information and researching and, and doing those sorts of things anyway. So I found that probably one of the best strategies for just keeping my mind focused. So if I was waning in any way, I would go and read something either about keto or about training. Um, but one of the one of the things I did come across is, uh, you know, I started listening to audiobooks um, and podcasts has been a huge thing for me this year as well. They're actually pretty new for me. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and so one of the things that I'm uh, the books that I've been listening to haven't finished it yet, and I know you've just listened to it is um, the power of habit, um, and the psychology around the habit cycle is just mind blowing for me, um, and so I I started applying it and reflecting on a couple of um, points in my life where I knew I was struggling with a few things, 
Um, and I'll give you an example. And this is this is this is crazy. It's a it's a silly thing for someone um, you know who can be so focused to to worry to um, fall down on. But um, so our national airline here in New Zealand is is called Air New Zealand, and um, I'm, I'm an AirPoints member. And so for you know some of my flights, um, I'll qualify for going into the lounge pre-flying, and you go in there, and it's it's amazing. There's this fabulous buffet of food and there's all the drink and there's loads of alcohol that's all available and um you know and I have found, I had a couple of flights that I had to do for work um you know in the in the last few months this year and I would go in there and I would find the temptation to reach for something that I shouldn't have been eating just really overwhelming um you know and there were a couple of occasions where I definitely caved and um, you know, and this wasn't eating anything sweet or anything like that. It might have just been, you know, chowing down on the blue cheese, which which I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 I was thinking about it afterwards, and it's like, why do I do that? I'm so strong. If I had been out in any other part of the airport, or if I had been in a different environment completely, you know, that wouldn't have been an issue for me. And as I was listening to the habit factor, and I um, started learning about that habit and reward cycle. And I started thinking about what am I getting from this? I realized it was the psychology of being in a place which was really special, that not everybody could be in there, and the fact that it was all laid out for you and you could just help yourself. So it wasn't like it was in a cafe and you had to go and pay for it. And there were, you know, waiters there that just couldn't wait to take away your empty plates so you could go and get more stuff. And I thought, wow, this stuff is really powerful. Like it take you out of a normal context and put you somewhere else and it can change your behavior completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once I started realizing that and I could apply it to other parts of my life, then I would I would start thinking about it. So if I was going to be going into a family occasion and I knew that there would be food there that wouldn't be okay for me to eat, or if um, I was going out on the weekend and I didn't, you know, so like my husband and I would love to go for coffee and Previously, um, before going ketogenic, it might have been a normal thing for us to buy some kind of treat that would go alongside that. And so to break that habit, you have to form new habits and do something different. So I might make um, fat bombs and take them out with us if we're going out or um, we'll go into cafes now and I'll ask to have a tiny jug of cream on the side. And that might be the treat to have the cream in my black coffee. Um, And it was just developing new strategies so that I prepared myself going into those um, situations so that I didn't fail and I continued to succeed. Um, and now though all of those things have a second nature for me, it's literally like the book says that you just develop new habits. Um, they're very, very, you have to be very, very focused on them um, because it's very difficult to break habit cycles. But when you're consciously aware of what you're doing, um, it's amazing how easy it, it becomes. I agree. I think the key word being there is, is you have to consciously be aware of it. There's so many habits that people have and they don't even realize they're you know, having these habits. Um, yes. So it's really important to, to take a moment, step back, and analyze your person, you know, third third person, and uh, you know, see what habits you have acquired over the years, and then address them accordingly. Um, yes. And and training itself, you know, having a fit lifestyle, that is going to breed itself to all kinds of new habits. I mean, people, oh. pe- we do things like you and I do things now that that people just think is odd. You know, I mean, do you still bring food? to, you know, social gatherings, even when you're not prepping for a competition? Yeah, 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 because, but I, because I like my food, and and the thing is, too, is that a lot of, um, you know, what I'm eating as well, other people, um, you know, I'll get them to try it, because I'll always take more, I've learned that, you know, people, you know, want to try what you're eating, and a lot of the time, 
people are fascinated by it and you know and I'm you know and I've started pre-writing out recipes or, or putting links in my phone so I can just text them to people when I'm out um, because people want to know where I've got this stuff from I mean the, you can't you can't deny I mean the food that we eat on keto fat and salt it just tastes great mm-hmm. you know? Um, and you know, and, and as long as you have plenty of that, it's it's been fantastic. So, you know, but it's you know that habit cycle applies to everything now. It's like you say, it, it becomes second nature now, and, and being fit. So, you know, if I'm you know I might not be going to the gym um, for training at five in the morning, but I'm still up at half past four because now I'm I might be doing other things. Um, but that's only for for this week. When I get back from my trip, I'm I'm back doing twice a day training <laughs> for sure. Right. Yeah. Did you did you notice that your your sleep did you get less sleep towards the end of your prep? Yeah, yeah, but but I didn't it wasn't like I was tired. I didn't I didn't feel like I needed it, but I found that with keto full stop. Um, you know, like I, I mentioned that previously I felt um, on a traditional bodybuilders um, diet that you know, I could never get enough sleep and mm-hmm. I would wake having not had a broken sleep and still feel tired and lethargic in the morning. Um, I, I just don't have that anymore. And sometimes I'll think, oh, you know, it's really late. I've got to be up early for the um, for training. I really need to go and go to bed. Um, and I'll lie there awake, um, you know, so I try and read a lot before I go, you know, to try and make me sleep. But I often, um, you know, I, I do wake up quite a bit sometimes. Sometimes that sleep can be quite broken, but I never feel tired when I get up. You know, I can have, I get up at quarter past four when the alarm goes off, no problem. Um, have my coffee and go to the go and train. I, I agree. I, I don't know what exactly because like I'm in the off season now and I get probably about six hours of sleep and I feel fine. But when I'm in like a competition prep, I'll sometimes get you know less than three hours of sleep and it'll be broken. Um, but I feel superhuman when I wake up and I don't feel the urge to nap throughout the day. I don't. I don't know if it's simply because you're at such a deficit. Your your body switches over to survival mode, and you just feel. I don't mm. know. I feel like you can do anything, and you're, you know, having to survive on little to no sleep, and it's just that in itself does not tire you. I don't know. It's interesting. It, it, yeah, it is. I, and I, I don't know if if some of it is um, kind of the mindset, and that um, because I remember thinking about some of those things, and that you've just set this goal, and you're so focused on achieving it, and you will do anything, and so it's almost like you go into. Um, auto mode you know and you you go through the motions and you have your routine set for the day those are the times I go to bed those are the times I get up that's when I train that's when I eat that's when I prep you know for all of those things um and you just you just do it in autopilot and it it works though Mm -hmm. you know absolutely I think for me at least I have to be basically just switch on or switch off like there's no middle ground um no. And I think it, that's pretty common with, with a lot of competitors I've spoken with. You know, if, if you've made it up your mind that you're going to do a competition, then there's no no halfwaying anything. I mean, there's no sampling something that's not accounted for. I mean, there's no missing one workout. Like, it's all or none, basically. Yeah, yeah. You, because because that goes back to, you know, what we were saying about otherwise you'll, you'll, you don't want to have room for regret. Exactly. Um, and and I and I also at the back of my mind too, you know, is I I didn't go out of my way to tell a lot of people what I was doing as I was prepping for this. So things like um, you know what I you know would post on my Instagram was quite different to what was on my Facebook. So a lot of my friends and family didn't know what I was doing until after I came off stage with a trophy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
which was fun announcing it in that way. Um, yeah, but you you just you just have to um, keep going because a lot of people don't understand. You know, I did I did encounter a little bit of. Um, you know, along the way, oh, you know, it won't hurt if you just have this one bowl of something um, or if you just have this one drink and celebrate with us. And, you know, people don't often understand because they associate everything around um, food and drink for, I guess, nations all around the world is so um, culturally ingrained. And that's how we celebrate. You know, we celebrate lots of milestones in life with food. So for um, for people to try and comprehend the fact that I could be there celebrating and enjoying a moment with them, but without indulging in those things was a really foreign concept. And it makes what I realized and what I had to not take personally is because it makes those people feel uncomfortable that I could have such strong willpower and be so focused um, because it was more a reflection on themselves than it was on me. And so you just have to learn to kind of not take that so personally. And I, I definitely encountered some of that. That's a very interesting point. It's, it's um, I think the sport in general is, can be seen as a selfish sport because I mean, you're doing this thing, all this, you know, work and, you're having to do things and say no to others. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to put yourself in a place to succeed. And you can't you can't live life trying to make everybody else happy. And if, if they're going to be happy because you're indulging in, you know, a dessert or whatnot, but that's going to cost you the end goal, they're just going to have to be okay with it, frankly, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's that that's exactly what it is, and um, you know, I I sort of didn't want to, you know, you know, to talk to a lot of people about about saying what I was doing, just in case, you know, anything, you know, went wrong, or um, you know, it, for whatever reason, you didn't end up stepping on stage. But um, you know, but that was it was this was very much something that I wanted to do for me. I wasn't doing it for anyone else, and and the sport, um, you know, sometimes even to call it a sport or to call yourself an an athlete um, feels a little strange um, because it's so subjective. You know, you're not scoring goals. Mm-hmm. It's not like there's or something like that who's where there's a defined winner it's it's a panel of judges and it's their opinion on physically which one of you brings the best package and looks great um and that's what a lot of people sort of um i guess they don't they can't relate to um it's, it's a very individual journey um but it was one i loved <laughs> i'm, I'm up to doing it yeah real quick before i forget um you'd mentioned that you know you were reading the the habit book and that you've recently started listening to audiobooks and podcasts, um, I would be remiss if I did not recommend The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. I've, I've talked that book up a million and one times, but have yeah. you ever heard of it by chance? Um, I think I've I think I've seen you post about it, and it's um, I've sort of got a bit of a running list of, of ones that I hope that I might um, get through perhaps while I'm away on holiday, and I've got a little more time to do that. Um, and it's definitely on my list. Yeah, I've I've seen that. When when nationals gets closer and closer, and you start battling with those uh, those mental, you know, mental disorders, basically when you're just pushing yourself beyond belief, I highly highly recommend listening to that. I. I've listened to it every prep now, and that has been the reason I've made it through these preps. Like I, I will never, list, I will never go through another prep without listening to that. I mean, I would be in the gym on squats yeah. or deadlift, just meditation. You know, listening to that audiobook, and and that has got me through so many hard times. So I highly recommend it. Awesome, awesome. Okay, well, I'm I'm definitely going to have to put that on the list. Absolutely. Um, real quick, kind of go into detail of you know. Wait, real, how old are you, Teresa, if you don't mind me asking? 
Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm 42, um, and it'll be uh, and my birthday's while we're away on holiday. So I'm I'm 43 at the end of this month. 43. To do this at 43 is amazing in and of itself. So congratulations there. That's awesome. Thank you. What would you tell? Because a lot of a lot of women, um, a lot of people, but especially women, especially older women, they they hesitate to pursue this kind of fitness endeavor. What would you tell them and others that are kind of on the fence? Like, how would you sway them one way or the other? I think I think you um, you just you only get one shot at it, you know, at at life. And if there is something that interests you um there are so many people out there who are actually willing to support you to have a go at something like this um you know i can remember i've gone from feeling um uncomfortable just sort of venturing out of the women's only area in my gym to um knowing just about everybody in my gym and being able to do the deadlifts that i i never thought that i would do let alone lift 90 kilos um you know i just think that you have to give it a go find find someone in and maybe in your local gym who you want to train with or who um, inspires you um perhaps if if you need to use them as a bit of a support to get started but um age should be absolutely no barrier you know it, it really does come down to if you want to give something a go just to go and find out about it and to and to try um, because once you get started and you feel comfortable with it and that happens very very quickly um it's you know you your your strength and your progress just goes um you know goes on and on and on and on and on and you'll get better at it and you start to feel more comfortable um you know i just i always think that age is no barrier it really is just a mindset and if you've got something that you want to try then then why not Absolutely. It's amazing. I mean, it's all cliche, of course, but just simply putting yourself out there, you yeah. know, before you have all the answers, you'll never have all the answers. I learned something new about the ketogenic diet every single day. And yes. I've learned so much more and I put myself in a position to learn so much more and meet amazing people such as yourself simply by, you know, stepping out of my comfort zone and trying something new and, and, and searching and digging and looking harder. And, you know, that can be applied to any any aspect of life in any any genre so i highly agree and highly recommend everybody do the same yeah absolutely it's um i think you just you just have to um you give it a go and and someone might not set out with um you know setting a goal like stepping on stage might just be getting comfortable in the gym and training but you you know you need to start somewhere and and that's exactly how i did it um and it was great yeah that's that's truly amazing this is an awesome story i uh I'm 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 very pleased to have met you because you've made me a better person in in hearing your story. Oh, thank you, thank you, and, and you know, and and your support has been amazing. You know, just in in those last couple of weeks, being able to really um, focus on what was going to work for me from um, the nutrition perspective. Um, you know, and that's the one thing that I have found about the keto community is I think when people, you know, we come to this um, and we learn about how great it can be um, for us you know you want to you want to share that and i think as a community worldwide um it's so easy to reach out for people on various social media platforms and and find the answers that you want for your particular scenario people are so willing to help um you know and you know and i've found people asking me questions and and certainly just from doing the show there were a couple of athletes backstage who were fascinated by what i was doing and there's one or two that have reached out to ask a few more questions which is awesome mm -hmm. um 
about keto um and i've i've got some friends and family now who are who are really um keen on giving it a whirl as well and i have two very good friends who have started this week so um you know so it's it's nice now to be in a position where having received so much help from the wider keto community myself that i'm actually able to do some of that as well it's an awesome feeling absolutely the the keto community it's 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 so exhilarating to be kind of on the cutting edge of this, I guess, a movement, you could call it almost, you know, it's just gaining more and more attention and energy with every day that goes by. And I don't know, it, it gets me excited to wake up and start the day for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Well, Teresa, where can people go to find out more about you? Um, so I guess um, probably Instagram is, um, is where I'm most active, particularly around what I'm doing for keto and training. Um, so my username is uh, Bloss, B-L-O-S-S, uh, 7436. Awesome, awesome. Well, Teresa, we're going to have to do a follow-up episode after Nationals, and you said that was in October the 21st? Yep, that's correct. Yep. Awesome. Well, I will be putting that on my calendar for sure, and awesome. uh, we will follow up because I am incredibly excited to see how that turns out. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, I can't wait. It's um, it's going to be great. It'll be awesome to have some people follow along. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. Well, Teresa, keep on making waves. Um, I'm excited to see what happens in the near future, and uh, I know you're going to continue to get better and better. And this is this is a lifestyle thing for you now, for sure. I have no doubt. So it's going to just keep improving as you go by. It it is. It is. This is. Um, uh, I'll never go back to carbs. This is this is the way I live now, um, regardless of competing, because I feel um, amazing on a ketogenic diet. I can't I can't rave about it enough. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend that that people just give it a whirl. They have nothing to lose, but everything to gain. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Absolutely. Well, Teresa, until next time, it has been an absolute pleasure, and I look forward to speaking with you very soon. Great. Thanks, Robert. Best of luck at nationals. Thank you.